This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home class. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The Vatican is not happy that we are resisting fiducia supplicants and other heretical things coming out of Rome. This is not exactly news. This has been going on for some time. Periodically, whenever some new headline-grabbing wicked thing is done by Rome, without fail, we take to social media, we take to news stations if we have shows like Raymond Royo does, we rely on the good work of bishops to resist these errors. So resisting this is nothing new. In fact, frankly, resisting errors coming from Rome predates Francis by several decades. This recognize and resist movement has been going on in the church since the 1960s, when it became obvious that there was something very wrong in Rome, though nothing quite like what we've seen today. But the powers that be aren't really happy about this. And what's more telling is that they're using the official news website of the German bishops to express this. And I don't think the Vatican is behind this latest article, but it comes hot on the heels of Francis telling people to tune out of social media, which is increasingly becoming the main vehicle for spreading this information. It comes hot on the heels of Francis thanking journalists for, frankly, not doing their job by what she's supposed to be reporting on the news of the Vatican, good or bad. And so we get this headline from Katolish.de the official news arm of the German Bishops' Conference. How media critical of the Pope wants to dictate the universal church discourse. Yes, apparently we want to dictate the church and her teachings and how the church teaches things in the direction of discourse in the church. It doesn't occur to them that for whatever reason, the resisting side of things, the traditionalist and very conservative side of Catholic discourse coming out of mostly the United States, but not only the U.S., there are other, there are commentators from South America and Western Europe and other places too. It doesn't occur to them that we just are better at selling what we're doing. I hate to use the word selling, but frankly, we're better at communicating what's going on. Maybe because when it comes time for anal analyzing things through the census fidelium, the sense of the faith that all Catholic faithful are to have, what we have to say t tends to ring with the truth. Thanks be to God on that. The opponents, the Pope's planners, have a hard time gaining traction, and I'm not surprised by that. But here they accuse us of wanting to dictate the course, the direction of discourse in the church. It's actually pretty laughable. And by saying that, they say that we want to usurp the authority of the church and the Pope and take it on ourselves. Again, it's a ridiculous accusation, but here we are. So, from the article, quote, Reactionary and well-connected online portals, traditionalist blogs, and individual personalities critical of the Pope with a strong presence on social media. This is how a loud part of the Catholic media landscape in the United States could be briefly described. <laughs> with a view to the first stage of the World Synod in Rome and the blessing document for Ducia Supplicans, 
published in December, which allows the blessings of James Martin types and remarried couples under certain circumstances, it became clear how great the influence of media and traditional blogs critical of the Pope is and the pressure they exert exercise in the church. An example, in November, the Texas Bishop Joseph Strickland, who was deposed by Pope Francis, accused the Vatican of spreading schismatic ideas in his own online broadcast on the internet portal LifeSite News, and called on the Prefect of the Faith, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, to resign. Through his presence on the X platform, formerly Twitter, where he has over 100,000 followers, the Bishop of Tyler regularly comments on current church policy issues. Not only if Aducia supplicants was heavily criticized when it called on bishops and believers to oppose the Vatican and the blessings it demanded. He also described the World Synod as a, quote, evil and false message and claimed, among other things, that it was, quote, not living according to the truth. According to the Canadian internet portal LifeSite News, this is by no means an isolated case. Originally founded as an anti-Moloch ritual platform, it still has good connections to Episcopal opponents of the Pope and is well-networked in the U.S. Your platform significantly shapes the discourse of the more right-wing criticism of the Popes, which is sometimes supported by, by alternative hypotheses from the formal papal nuncio in the U.S. and Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano. I'm going to pause here and point out that the... Um, Translation leaves a little something to be desired. I think you get the idea. In addition to the deposed Strickland, the former prefect for the Congregation of the Doctrine of the Faith, the German Cardinal Gerhard Ludwig Müller also used the influential internet portal for his sharp criticism of a variety of topics in the Universal Church's discourse. These included the World Synod last fall, the German Synodal Way, and the Blessing Paper of the Dicastery of Faith. End quote. So to review... Cardinal Mueller is accused of wanting to take over the church here. With the help of LifeSite News, Bishop Strickland, Archbishop Vigano, and social media influencers. <laughs> I'd presume that I'd be on that list too, though thankfully I'm never actually mentioned in this document, and I'm very happy that I'm not. But I'm honestly surprised they didn't throw Taylor Marshall's name into the mix, because throughout this whole art article, he's like the only high-profile person that you sometimes see brought into these things that was left out of the mix. Kind of disappointed in them, honestly. Now, in the next section, they go after a church militant, and they dig up and repeat all the stuff we've heard about Michael Voris and everything that went down with him in the fall. And they say similar things about church militant being part of the effort to take the church over. Now, that's pretty laughable. I mean, church, I mean, say what you want about church militant and Michael Voris's reporting, but one thing they always were doing was exposing what was going on in the church and not trying to, I don't know, impose themselves on the church. Uh, putting a microphone in a bishop's face at the Baltimore annual meeting of the bishops isn't exactly the stuff of which trying to impose yourself on the church is made of. It's just, it's a journalistic habit that some don't like. That's all it is. Now, predictably though, EWTN is actually on the list of things they talk about here, which is laughable because even they, in this, what you're about to hear, admit that EWTN is actually pretty moderate and not a traditionalist outlet at all. They aren't. They're Moderate to conservative. That's it. There is a difference between being a conservative Catholic and a traditionalist Catholic. There is. And EWTN is a good example of that. But what they do here is they take umbrage with Raymond Arroyo, the papal posse, and the guests who, of his that comprise that papal discussion group. And that is, of course, the usual thing we hear from Rome, that, the, that EWTN and that show in particular rubs Rome the wrong way. Again, it's interesting that it's the German bishops publishing this article. So, quote, 
Distrust is the key word to understand why the traditionalist fringe blogs should not be underestimated. A recent example is a prefect of the faith's book of the Apex of the Marital Act, which was recently brought to the center of attention by the traditionalist blog Mesa and Latino and caused a stir worldwide. Observers assumed that there was a campaign against Fernandez because it was learned from Pope critical and traditional circles via X that the booklet, which was published a few decades ago, was sent in digital form to quite a few influential clerics and laypeople, especially from the U.S. The scandal outraged quite a few people. The work which Fernandez wrote while he was still a pastor for married couples caused a stir around the world and caused a stir among conservatives and progressives alike. According to observers, the what, what the main point appeared to be the blessing paper fiducia supplicants for the blessing of James Martin types, which was supposedly intended to force the prefect of the faith to resign or to accuse him of incompetence in the middle of tense discussions about the blessings of James Martin types and remarried couples. The Catholic television station EWTN also picked up the book on the show World Over with host Raymond Arroyo, with one of the guests calling the book garbage and impure graphically, and accusing Fernandez of not being in line with the church moral teaching. However, Fernandez himself pointed out that shortly after the book was published, he stopped publication and did not agree to a new edition. According to the chief dogmatist, he would no longer write such a book today. Observers also argued that Fernandez was criticized for discussing spirituality and the matters of the flesh, but not John Paul II, who similarly dealt with the same topic and wrote relatively openly about the apex of the act. However, the Polish Pope was not criticized by conservative cat circles for his openness. As an aside, I've, also, I've often pointed out here that I think the reason that is is because the social media landscape didn't exist at the time that, he, that these writings came forward, and I suspect John Paul II would have been treated differently than he was, and our perceptions of him would be different if we'd had the modern social media infrastructure. Make of that what you will. Further developments in the Catholic media landscape, especially in the U.S., remain to be seen. In any case, two years ago, the Vatican reprimanded the partly moderate Catholic television station EWTN and called for unity with the Pope. Cardinal Secretary of State Pietro Perlin criticized at that time the news portals like EWTN and its offshoots had to create connections and dialogue and avoid conflicts. If the Vatican reprimands conservative media like EWTN, the question arises as to how it should deal with reactionary and anti-Pope portals. End quote. You know, it never occurs to anyone writing these articles like this that we object to fiducia supplicants because at the end of the day, the work is graphic beyond what is normally considered acceptable for bishops of the church to write. That it's so graphic that you would not put it in a, generally, we wouldn't put it in with an access to young readers. It never occurs to them that we might have a problem with a bishop who penned such a document allowing for the blessings of James Martin pairings, running the dicastery for the doctrine of the faith, and who has a long track record of having a rather unhealthy focus on the marital act, to the point where it seems like he has personal experience with it and attachments to it that call his vocation into question. No one ever mentions that, except, of course, critics like us. It's also worth pointing out here that they keep coming back to this being a U.S. problem. We've seen this theme as a, re it's a recurring theme we've seen from Francis in the Vatican, that he has a real animosity towards the United States, and I suspect that's not just because this is where a bunch of social media influencers largely are from. It has more to do with the U.S. bishops. Again, the USCCB are not exactly the biggest defenders of tradition in the church by any stretch, what they typically do, though, is ignore a lot of things that come from Rome. 
They won't implement them. Or they will put out some milk toast kind of acknowledgement thing that essentially reiterates the basics of the faith while saying some nice things about the document, but they don't implement the document. We saw that with fiducia supplicants. We saw them attempt that with traditionus custodus, and I'm sure we can come up with some other examples in the comments if you want. Amoris Laetitia. How many of you remember actually when Amoris Laetitia was issued? The Amer a lot of American bishops issued documents, their own statements, basically not going along with the Argentinian statement on it until Francis said that the Argentinian statement, the infamous statement from Argentina, Fernandez again, was the correct one. Curious, though, what do you think about that? Do you find that plausible? That's mostly the American bishops that they're going back to. After all, EWTN is overseen by bishops. After all, it's the bishops who, in theory, could rein all of us social media influencers in. I say in theory. <laughs> we'll see if they ever try it. And I almost wonder if it's because they won't, the American bishops are slow to implement the changes imposed by Rome. I'm curious what you have to say about that, so let me know in the comments, please. And hit like and subscribe if you haven't. It does help. So does sharing this on social media. That helps a lot, too. If you've ever thought about supporting the work of Return to Tradition, this is a great time to do so. Links to Patreon and Subscribestar are in the Dropbox below. It does help keep these daily messages coming, and I thank you for it. As always, pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.